1: It's a special holiday edition, regular season ending edition of the pre-game, post-game podcast. And uh, who would have thought when we were doing the uh, post-Halloween heading yeah. into November one, that'd be the last time we talked about a win. No kidding. I mean, <laughs> it it's... was November 4th. It was the last time the Panthers won a football game. So seven losses in a row, Mike, as we head into this last game against New Orleans, which has a feeling of an August game of all things, as it'll be Kyle Allen It'll be Garrett Gilbert at quarterback. The two quarterbacks for the Panthers. Brian St. Pierre, I think, is Brian St. Pierre, Randy <laughs> Fasani, available in the emergency third quarterback situation. We expect to see a lot of Teddy Bridgewater, and yeah. I don't know. Does he have a backup? He must have somebody backing him up for this game. Somebody, yeah, they're talking like they're going to play their starters. If they do, the Saints, it's got to be for like a series, like well, a preseason game. Just to to a, right. You know, Sean Payton wants to win this game though, just to rub it. He wants to show that he could win with backup players. Sure, yeah. sure,
2: absolutely, and and there is that. Uh, you know, divisional component to this game. I mean, I think it's kind of evolved where you know Tampa Bay maybe ten, twelve years ago was really like the Panthers' rival. I mean, that was you know with Warren Sapp and right. Uh, right. Chris Jenkins, like you know. And then lately, it's really been more the Falcons and the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all depends on who's up and who's down. So, this, yeah, this DeSean, and Sean Payton. You know, I don't know. He seems to be that kind of guy that would have a little bit of a axe to grind. Yeah,
1: even though him and Ron are friends, it sounds right. like. But it's a very kind of contentious, kind of right. competitive. Like like brothers, yeah. <laughs> you can see them like wrestling, like Bob Barker and Adam Sandler going down the hill. Hey, it's great to see. You. I beat you four game straight games, <laughs> <laughs> and who wants that hanging over yeah. them? So here we are. Unfortunately, we're not going to spend a lot of time rehashing what happened uh, in a otherwise uh, forgetful game. Do feel bad for Taylor Heineke though, if I think it's that opportunity to be a starting quarterback, and his second quarter (laughs) he destroys his elbow. I really
2: was thinking about all kidding aside about Brian St. Pierre in that game. Yeah, because remember Brian St. Pierre? I mean, it was you know he'd been waiting forever. I mean, a little bit more of a different story. Longest touchdown pass in Panthers history. Yeah,
1: hit Brandon LaFell.
2: But he'd he'd played like seven, eight years in the NFL without really ever playing, Mm -hmm. and then this was his his you know kind of shot to uh, to shine, and he kind of left it out on the field. Literally left it out on the field because that was the last time he'd. It does show
1: you how hard this game is though in terms of just the physicality of it because to his credit i mean heineke took a beating and, and ma- made back. it through yeah, the game no played doubt. all four quarters so you left for a period of time but i mean there's just something about the way he gets hit versus cam or some guys have been around the league where it's like even smaller players who've been around the pro game for a while know how to fall mm-hmm. know how to avoid yeah. it not every time right but i feel like every time he got hit he was bent in awkward and yeah. uncomfortable Hell looking yeah. ways yeah. Like I I wanted him to come. out. I was like watching your kid play like <laughs> let's get let's get little Timmy out of there. I don't like my walking your dog and there's a big dog. Right. I just I just felt bad for him like it was like when he came back in, he took like six, seven, right. as releasing the ball, yeah. getting chopped in half kind of thing Well, throws. then he came
2: back with like the bionic brace on the left arm. I mean, it was like it the, was like I like they thing. made
1: stuff up. It was like uh, those NASCAR races where the cars come back and they're barely recognizable. There was so much duct tape and brace on him. It was hard to... He couldn't even bend his arm, know, I'm sure, because of the brace. Yeah, I know. And so yeah. he'd come off the field running with one arm dangling. Like, remember the old Rock'em, Sock'em robots? Yeah. Like, one of the arms <laughs> would always break and that guy couldn't... <laughs> I feel bad for him.
2: Oh God, yeah, that was. That was Did you ever tough. see those
1: Scott Sterling videos a couple of years ago on YouTube? It's a soccer goalie guy. Okay, I think they're actually done like up in Chapel Hill. But the joke was they kept putting out Scott Sterling out there. They're doing this announcing in this British voice, like, Scott Sterling and goal and all this, and he would just take whack after whack. Oh, the ball gosh, would hit him yeah. in the goal, or like hit him in the face. There'd be like teeth flying out of his head, yeah, yeah. just groin shots, right, right? Of course. And his teammates would come to like stand him back in front of the goal. Like, oh, Scott Sterling just k- keeps on plowing through. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
2: Again. <laughs> it's like the Monty Python skit. You know? <laughs> it
1: was. It was like a Monty Python kind of skit. And they just like, go will bring him out just uh, like on a stretcher and just block the goal Jeez. with him laying on a stretcher. Yeah. And I kind of felt like that's where Heineke was going. But Kyle Allen did come in, looked decent in his four throws, made all four of them. Um, well, people don't know maybe about Kyle Allen. He was he was actually the number one rated high school quarterback coming out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. In the ESPN rankings, went to Texas A and M, where somebody named Johnny Manziel, right. who's now become a punchline, was winning the Heisman right. Trophy. So he transfers to Houston. To Houston, yeah. And then ends up not getting a ton of playing time at Houston either. So he's like, "Screw it, I'm just out of here." Yeah. Turns out. pro undrafted, and here he is. And even a guy like uh, Garrett Gilbert, you know, his dad played in the league for a long time and was a uh, not only a teammate, but a roommate of Eugene right. Robinson yeah. with the Seahawks. That's right. Uh, but Gilbert, uh, to me, there wasn't much difference between him and Heineke in you know, no, the preseason. Was, yeah, so I was... think that they'll, they'll be fine as far as getting through this last game. I
2: don't know why, when I think of him, I think of who's Gilbert Crape.
1: Because there's something about that name. Is like, yeah. how many Gilberts are yeah, there? <laughs> Melissa Gilbert. <laughs> Sean Gilbert. We <laughs> <laughs> have Little House on, the, on prairie. the Prairie and Worst Trade in Panther history. <laughs> <laughs> Alex? For
2: <a> or <laughs> three people that have never been in my kitchen. <laughs> The old Cliff claven. Yeah, you could
1: have dinner with three people. Who would you pick? Melissa Gilbert, Sean Gilbert, and Gilbert Grape. Get off the water tower. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah, kind of like we're just kind of limping to the finish line here. And then the offensive line, too. Trey Turner's out. Yeah. When you're getting down to uh, Marshall Newhouse is Marshall not Marshall Newhouse, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it sounds like a cabinet uh, secretary.
1: <laughs> Panthers need help, man, for next year. Offensive line, safety, or edge rusher. Yeah. Got to have another linebacker. Um, And then to me, it's like the big question mark is how do you handle this without overreaching? I'm sure they won't. Is identifying a young quarterback really through the draft or a young veteran who is not just a backup, but that could be a starter. I mean, we don't know what Cam's going to be like physically next year. And even so, isn't it maybe just time to maybe groom somebody that could be more of a starter and less of just a, an emergency fill-in at that position? Well,
2: and this was really the the case of where Derek Anderson not being a fit anymore. You know, the first couple of years of Derek Anderson, you felt comfortable with him because he'd been being a starter the backup. in the right? Yeah. He'd been a starter in the league, and you know, um, and you know, now you got the the younger guys in there, and you know, we didn't really get a good sense of what Taylor Heineke is all about. He just didn't play long enough. I mean, right. And and same same, I mean, we'll get a good look at Kyle Allen. I mean, hopefully, he's not running for his life and. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't get, get <laughs> clobbered back there. But I think that also shows just how much uh, Cam's athletic ability sometimes can hide deficiencies on an offensive line. You know, because, I mean, how many times have we seen him take, you know, a 10-yard sack and turn it into a 15- or 20-yard yeah, game?
1: Uh, a guy that's his size, which is huge, 6'5". Yeah. And he's you know, hard to bring down. And Yeah, they have completely wrapped up, but he's just brute strength. He can yeah. wrestle out of it. And he's agile enough, but those other guys are – Getting Jimmy Clawson's back there. It's like, <laughs> it's like Animal Planet. Like, oh, no, they got the antelope again. Ah. It's like throwing
2: raw meat in the shark tank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, for those defensive linemen. So. Um, but, they, I mean, this is kind of unprecedented this, this year in, in Panthers history. This is a Mike has done year. research, I've, by the I've way, folks. Research. This is not off
1: the top of his head. This is like nope. he's put time into the podcast. And it's Ariel
2: 10 font. I didn't do anything crazy. Very nice. Yeah, I didn't Very do nice. any crazy characters. But the I mean, lines, are I mean, I mean, yeah. lines are all straight. Lines are all straight. You, know, at the you didn't go Comic Sans? No, <laughs> I didn't do Comic sands um I, I didn't have time i I thought of it literally ten minutes before you got here so I had to just kind of put it together. I didn't have time so to I
1: it. gave you too much credit for the preparation time yeah you no you, yeah
2: no it really wasn't but what is interesting though with the last two se- the last two coaches with you know I mean the bulk of the panthers success obviously has come with john fox and, and Ron Rivera um the first two coaches capers and seaford uh forty six and sixty six and I have uh one forty three one twenty seven and one in the uh john fox and uh Ron Rivera era, but the you know, I mean, this doesn't happen often where you start off six and two, and the back half of the year is right now where we're sitting at 0-7. I want to say
1: maybe you saw this too. There's only been three teams in the history of the league that started six and two and finished seven and nine, yeah. And nobody's, I don't, I don't believe, has ever gone six and two to six and ten, yeah. So if they don't win, I think this will be like unprecedented, uh, be uncharted, territory. unprecedented in the wrong Although way. Although, I say it from a franchise that went one and 15, that was one and oh. And then went right, and then they team. went. So you, yeah, don't, see, you don't see straight. that every day. Either. No, you don't
2: see that every day. And then the other time, um, what was one and seven was in uh, 2010, mm-hmm. and that was they started the year one and seven. So that wasn't that was John. Fox's that was the year we year. lost
1: all of our running backs. I remember that year. Yeah. They just had every like Nick Goings came Nick out goings. at the end of the year. Yeah, he was, wasn't
2: Goings anywhere.
1: he was. That was, no, I mean, was at the end of the year. Yeah, he no, yeah. he had actually had was having he a, good had a couple year. hundred yard games in a row, and it was just know, we lost D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart and just everybody that was in between. So. Yeah. But this,
2: but this, this—if they end up seven and nine or six and ten, it, it's you know you might look back five years from you know five years from now, you're looking back and you think, oh wow, that was, I remember that year. But this team literally at six and two was a playoff and maybe even a Super Bowl contender. But maybe not outside. That's how we were Super. talking, yeah. And then, um, and then you know the Pittsburgh game. It, it's almost—I I think the Pittsburgh game is going to be the narrative of when things went south because that was just such a bad beatdown. But then you had uh, those five straight losses where. You, you you have any kind of success in the two minute drill, and you give yourself a chance either to win the game or tie the game, go to overtime, and you know. And of course, it was the game where Ron went for two, which I think
1: which I was thought, the next game that was the Detroit yeah, game, was the Troy next game, game and after I think, Pittsburgh. And
2: I don't think most people had a problem with with that call. I mean, I, you know,
1: I didn't. In fact, uh, it was just the Chargers with Coach Lynn did that a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and they won that game, and yeah. nobody complained about him going for it. <laughs> they complained if you don't make it. If you do it, it's brilliant.
2: But I think that's. But but the, the interesting thing, and I think it's an unfair sometimes to to coaches is there's so many different things that go into every single play to make it successful or not and so it may be the best play call in the world but if you know a guy goes i mean how many times do we see just this past weekend panthers get in the red zone and then there's a offsides or a false start or you know so you know penalties and mistakes and it may be the best play call in the world but if the execution isn't there yep and then i'll say long pass
1: route dropped pass whatever in the case of the Lions won, Cam made the right read and he missed Jarius Wright in the end. They just missed the yeah, throw.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I I will say that Jarius Wright, um, you know, he did have that fumble early in the year, but he uh down the stretch, I think he's been one
1: of the most dependable. He's Ricky pro like, isn't he? Yeah. Third down, reliable. Third down reliable. I like him. And
2: I think he's averaging for the season like ten yards. I love him uh, just a as reception. a slot receiver.
1: Yeah. Just I'd just leave him right in there. I just guys like that are invaluable to have to just Move the chains on third and six, things yeah, like that. He's been
2: a bright spot. I think Ian Thomas has been interesting at times and mm-hmm. filling filling. He's him. catching everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, truly, he's been good. And obviously, DJ Moore has gotten better and better as the year went on. Samuel, so they, you know, they have some great weapons. It's funny they keep talking now about now that CJ Anderson's run for 167 yards for the Rams. Like, well, we're going to try to take some carries away from McCaffrey. Well, you had the guy, had the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and so the good news is. I mean, he was a thousand yard rusher for Denver mm-hmm. and was readily yeah. available. So I don't think it'll be hard to find a veteran younger running back. Who's been in the league five years that could fill that role. Cause you don't truly want someone honestly probably going to carry it more than five or seven times anyway, right? Maybe catch a pass or two. That's all you're right. looking for. And
2: that, yeah. I mean, I would say the big, the, the, the three needs on offense, you know, obviously offense, you can always use offensive line help. There's just, that's just probably a, two. Yeah. two but, starters. But yeah. yeah. So you need some help on the offensive line. Um, you solidify the backup quarterback situation, like you should either get a veteran mm-hmm. or um, you know, and, and you know, sometimes the answer is on the roster, um, and then you know that that uh, you know that backup running back that could kind of help lessen the load, you know. Then, but on defenses, and it also depends too. Like we don't know. Uh, we assume that Julius Peppers is done, and even mm-hmm. if he's not done, they still need defensive line, like another. I would. Uh, I'd be shocked another if one Julius or two, is but, yeah, back. I mean, he was
1: really supposed to come back for one year, so the fact they played a right. the second year was right. kind of amazing.
2: Yeah, and then um, obviously Thomas Davis, um, you know Shaq Thompson, you would assume would kind of step into into that role, and you can always again. I think secondary too is
1: you can always use uh, you know Mike Adams. He's getting kind of long in the tooth. I think you know safety that they, they have talked about at least reports anyway that maybe Eric that Reed, Eric Reed is still, still bringing back. I thought right. I thought he was okay. I mean, bec- in, honestly, what could you expect from a guy that was sitting at home when the season began no with kidding, no training right? camp? Right. So him, uh, but, but if knew- he does
2: sign the contract, I would expect him to be drug tested immediately. Yes, Both. probably during the during, <laughs> during the, signing, the signing,
1: actual yeah. signing, like between Eric and Reed, they'll pull him out of the room. <laughs> the league will yeah. to have him sign, uh, to, to sign something else, do something else, and probably honestly, nickel, you know, yeah. probably nickel in a yeah. safety spot. But I love the two young corners. I mean, Bradbury yeah, and Dante you, Jackson. That's yep. tough to find, so that's a great combination. That is a good combination. But I mean, so, you need another edge rusher to go opposite Mario, as you said. Right, is huge. And for whatever reason, what happened to our defensive tackles this year? Yeah. To to me, it's like. When Kyle Love just goes right past KK Short yeah. and Don Terry Poe and number one pick Vernon Butler as the guy who's the most reliable, it's like, what a letdown. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened this year at that position. That's always been like the one thing you can count on is that this rotation of defensive tackles were just kind of the backbone of the defense. It well, didn't happen.
2: Yeah. And when you and I were sitting on a park bench outside BBT Ballpark yeah, I remember. in August, I mean, one of the strengths we talked about was. Fighting when-
1: that old lady for that seat. <laughs> hey, we're doing hey. a show here. <laughs> This but, is a pre-game, post-game podcast. What put you that think? cigarette <laughs> down and get out of here.
2: <laughs> but that was, you know, the defensive line was was supposed to be one of the strengths of this team, and it it um, you know kind of got, I don't know, midway through, it just seemed like it fell apart a little bit. Is it
1: just me, or you, like shocked every time Kenyon Barner catches the ball cleanly on a punt? <laughs> I feel like it's like the Bretton Burson days. Brent it's Burson, Burson it's like yeah. every time the ball be in the air. Oh. Uh, just for catching <laughs> just for catching <laughs> and it's like and he has the one time he has like a really good run the punter lights him up oh my god just yeah, stands just... over him and taunts him yeah Bosher that was Bosher, ridiculous yeah. I haven't seen a hit like that from a punter and I think it was on a kickoff he was yeah. kicking off on uh, but the punter was a kickoff Todd, so,
2: didn't Todd Sauerbrunn have a big he had like yeah like one
1: I mean, he wore this barbed wire tattoo on his arm but yeah, he was yeah, mostly yeah. fat yeah <laughs> He acted like. The only, and by the way, true story. I think the only punter in league history to be banned for steroid use. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. He didn't realize you had to lift weights as part of them being effective. That you can't just <laughs> take them and eat donuts. Like you can't just take steroids and get muscles. Well, you no, still have well, to work he, out. He,
2: he took it not for the strength, but for the recovery time. <laughs> that's
1: right. <laughs> Never seen a punter like that. And then we had the one game where John Casey got hurt, and he ended up having to come in and kick some oh, extra yeah, points. Yeah, and yeah. he wanted to be paid more, and he wasn't kidding. Oh jeez. Yeah. For doing not his yeah. job. Like he couldn't just even let like that one good moment go by I where know. he actually did something above and beyond that was kind of cool. He wanted to be paid extra. For the-
2: well, now I can <laughs> kick field goals, so I'd like to get paid extra. Yeah, it doesn't work that way.
1: <laughs> Unreal. So here's here's the state of the team right now. There's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, flux. It always happens when you don't have the kind of season you wanted. And unfortunately, for the second year in a row, we know our season will end in New Orleans because it yeah, ended there with the wild card the loss wild card last, last
2: year. year. Do you have a go to place in New Orleans that you guys go to?
1: Not really, I'll be honest. Not my favorite city. One, I've been there now, counting when I did the Charlotte 49ers. Oh, yeah, I mean, you've been there probably the, 100 times. I've been there Literally, truly, right? like, 26 times. Yeah. So, I'm good. Or 100, yeah. Yeah. No, it feels like 100. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, 26. But you can spend, like,
2: 24 hours in New Orleans and feel like you've been there a week.
1: Yes. Not the cleanest city. Yeah. Things you can't unsee. Um. So, it's just all right. I mean, to me, it's like going to Atlanta or going to Tampa is not that same Trip. I right. mean, it's just, it's just, it's just a, a city and, and things to do. New Orleans is a whole crazy different well, it's
2: thing. Just, it's like a just a twenty four seven party. Yeah, in in Most... different ways, like in different, all different types. Like not just like it's not like a frat party. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you can see a frat party, you can see whatever kind of things you're into, parties. I mean,
1: yeah, or not into. You may have just, like, happened in front of you and you just have to, like, look the other way or walk. <laughs> and you see people, like, pushing baby strollers and stuff, like families yeah. and stuff. It's, like, it's crazy. But um, mostly I want to see the college football semifinals, So just a yeah. comfortable place to go watch games in front of a TV is is perfect we're a pretty low-key group as you can imagine i mean the our group is it's mick yeah <laughs> eugene Harold, dave langton yeah anyone who knows us kevin donnelly it's like we're like the last like least likely group <laughs> to get into any kind of trouble so i'm looking forward to that just watching some college football but the food is always good like you can't yeah, survive yeah. in the french quarter with bad food right so wherever wherever we we've eaten in lots of different places it'll be good whatever just
2: stay downtown usually or
1: we stay on the edge of it, so we're not like right in it, but we're off the edge of it by, by a block or two. And sometimes we've stayed out in Metairie, which is nowhere near anything. Oh, yeah, it's not near airport. the airport. Yeah.
2: We, the, I've been there a couple times. for. Uh, I was there for a like an NAB show, and then I was there for uh, the winter meetings and uh, went there with Winthrop um, the last time I was there. And we stayed down by <clears throat> kind of by where the World War II Museum is. Mm-hmm. We stayed down there last time. And, and for the winter meetings, we stayed at the convention center. So it's just an easy walk to exactly, uh, right now, to, to Bourbon Street and then the the Superdome is literally right across the street from that so
1: And just thinking in another 2 years Las Vegas will be in the league so that'll be a yeah. destination for not very often for us I would think every 8 years you, right it'll be think. in that
2: rotation of the AFC right uh, AFC West, West. Well, next year it'll be interesting, right? Because I think San Francisco is one of the road games potentially.
1: It is one of the ones. It's Although it's San Jose. It's-, it's Arizona, and, yeah, we stay in San Jose to play in Santa Clara where the where the Niners play. So those are the two West Coast road trips. And uh, so I guess that means who's coming here then out of that division. I shouldn't do this without So knowing. the Rams would probably. It's actually in my phone. If you could fill for like 10 seconds. I actually have a schedule except for the
2: two. If David Langton is listening, I apologize. I didn't bring the Manila folder home that has like every piece of information. All the promos. I have
1: it now. It didn't take me long. So this team will be going to, in addition to the NFC South, Arizona, San Fran, Indy, Houston, and then the matching finisher in the NFC North. And then for the home games, three division games coming here are Seattle, Again. Yep. LA Rams come here. Mm. Jacksonville, Tennessee, and the NFC East matching whether we're second right. or third place. And we
2: probably, it's an outside chance of the London game, right?
1: I think it, as it stands now, because of who's a home teams, it would only be the Tampa Bay game because it's like the, it's LA, it's the two LA teams. yeah. And we don't play them on the right. road. So they're home games. And then it's Tampa Bay and uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. So, and there's one more. I'm forgetting because there's five because there's Mexico. There's four in. London and one in Mexico, and they've not been assigned is what they are. But of the five, whatever that fifth one was, besides the two Florida, two L.A. I want to say maybe maybe San Francisco. Yeah. the other one, is that um, we'd only have one chance because we're not hosting one. Yeah. We'd have I'm, to go as a, I'm going to start
2: lobbying right now. If that game does end up going to London, I'd, I'd love to do that. I've, do never you, been, I've always, I've always wanted to you bring Brett,
1: Wendell, <laughs> yeah, Byron, Brent, Byron, David, Byron Eads, David Eads, whose nickname is David Eads? Do uh, Do you bring them all? <laughs> <laughs> do you bring them all I think you, the well, whole you know, post game show you know what the funny thing is in what this, if you guys missed a flight on the way out like you're doing the post game show and we leave and you guys are stuck in London right
2: stuck in London doing the show we'll, we'll do Panther Talk from London <laughs>
1: No, this is the only way I would go to London. I mean, Sandra and I have traveled. In fact, next year we're going to Germany and Greece and uh, uh, Israel, the Holy Lands. But she has,
2: you know, you have family in Greece, right?
1: Well, I do, actually. I don't know them, but I have relatives that live on one of the islands off there uh, from... Hey, it's your cousin Jim. Jim Zoki. (laughs) Who? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Opa.
2: I brought some baklava.
1: <laughs> Yiro, I, I know so much of my own culture, but Zoki's actually Hungarian, but I'm Greek on my mom's side, and my grandfather on that side came from Greece in 1920. And apparently, his father was like a ship captain and stuff oh, wow. like this, which explains why I'm so drawn to my pontoon boat on Lake Wiley <laughs> that I you own. Know, it's in my blood.
2: Now, do you wear like the black Greek captain's hat? I wish I had one. I don't yeah, have though, a do you hat. you know what the bridge? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I need yeah, I don't like that. The actual name I I'd
1: probably go down with the pontoon though if I had yeah. one. Probably would be like an Exxon Valdez situation. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that guy didn't go down with his ship, though everyone else uh, was left to fend for themselves. when he was out on the safety boat. But yeah. um,
2: hey, judge, you scratched my anchor.
1: But my point in the beginning of that statement three minutes ago was that, uh, that would I, we would never go, would go, to, go to. Yeah, yeah way, we wouldn't yeah. go to London. Honestly, we wouldn't go to Mexico either for that matter. But I would go on a business trip like that. Sure, be cool.
2: absolutely. Jump on the plane and mm-hmm. you're only there. in five Nothing against six London. Hours. It's just there's a lot of places we'd like to go. Oh, sure, 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 Down the list. Sure. Oh. Well, I mean, well, but I think there's other spots too. Uh, more warm weather uh beachy i mean you don't think london you're not thinking you know beach and yeah although i mean the weather's not terrible but generally they play those games in september october right Mm -hmm. or more october Mm -hmm. so usually the weather's not terrible
1: i feel like mac brown and his wife when he came back to chapel hill and, and his uh mac said his wife has said that she would go to three places to live and it was hawaii the bahamas and chapel hill yeah so like, I want to go to, like, yeah, those those two spots and Charlotte.
2: <laughs> and, you know, you don't hear those three in the same sentence very often. Not very often. You put those yeah. three together. But,
1: anyways, we'll see what happens. Well, so good luck uh, good luck in New Orleans. It should be good. It'll be— um Are you going to go to Emerald's? you got to go to Emerald's Place. I've been to Emerald's Place before. Yeah. He's got a couple different places. I think is, um, I think there's actually a place called Nola's. Mm. That's just one of his, too. So, we've been to a couple of the Emerald restaurants. Can't go wrong.
2: Can't go wrong with Emerald. No. He's can't. a good New England guy. New That's, bed right. From Mass. That's right. That's yeah. right.
1: It's one of your people. He's one of my people. So we're going to continue doing this podcast through the Super yeah. Bowl, and then we'll uh, then we'll decide as things happen to yeah, uh, we'll through do the off-season. Yeah, we'll do like couple,
2: yeah, when, when something big happens. Free we'll agent
1: do. signings, draft. Yeah. Football is basically 12 months out of we the could year. We can do the
2: Wells Fargo from here. <laughs> That's
1: <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I will be at the Wells Fargo. But the problem with that is it's now in preseason, right? Is it uh, – no, it's in May. That's right. They no, said the, the, P- the PGA yeah, championship. Yeah, the PGA was win. just the one right, –
2: um, I should know since I
1: was there, but yeah, it was it was in May. I forget now. That was two years ago, the PGA, a year fun. and a half ago. Yeah, so it was fun. All right, buddy, we'll have a good New Year's.
2: Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll catch you about ten o'clock on Sunday. That's right. To right? promote
1: the show, at the pregame, postgame, game podcast. So ten o'clock on the pregame, and then you and Brett and postgame. I know he doesn't there. have any PR responsibilities this time of year. With no, the there's no uh,
2: no NASCAR races to uh, prevent him from this. So we'll we'll do our best to talk about this game. <laughs>
1: Wrap up the season. Wrap up the All season. the usual suspects will be dropping by yeah, well, uh,
2: and I I will say this, um, because I've been I've been with the team since two thousand and one and minus the what three three years, four years that Marty wasn't there, uh Marty has come on uh win, lose, draw, you know, rain or shine. And um I, I just think it's important to acknowledge that um you know, he always. You know, we always know him to be a stand-up guy, mm-hmm. and he continues to be that. So.
1: And for me too, uh, you know, we, I record them obviously during the week, but he's on every pregame show with me, and he's a lot of times traveling on the road, and he will call me and say, "I'm leaving at three yeah. o'clock. Can you come yeah. by sometime before yeah. three o'clock on Tuesday?" If he's not going to be at the practice field, and he's calling me to let me know he's not going to be here right. uh, to do it in advance, so he's. Uh, I, I agree as far as being part of the pregame, postgame podcast, and the actual shows that we do that are named after that. I mean, to have a general manager that's that involved with our broadcast uh, and I, as I tell him, I go what a great thing for the fans to get to hear from the general manager Absolutely. you don't we didn't yeah. have that access with, no. with other GMs,
2: right so, no yeah. and it's yeah, so we'll have uh, exclusive highlights interviews and Marty Herney on the postgame show oh, oh. Well. I'll brought to you by our sponsors
1: yeah. who you know more CPI security Game <laughs> show <because he laughs> I didn't want to give the wrong one <laughs> all right Mike have a good news here, right. we'll catch up again next he week up.
0: Monday